We've all had a client that we've worked with that's been absolutely awful, and this can be for a number of reasons. On today's episode, we're going to step through some of the things we face as small business owners and how we can navigate through this difficult space without having any reputational damage. Hello and welcome to BizNation, your home for micro and small business help. Join us as we unpack all the pain points in starting or running your small business. If you're looking for support in business, join us on Facebook, Micro and Small Business Support Group. Your host, Kerry Zarb, brings you discussions, interviews and many hints and tips to get you all set in your business. So sit back and enjoy as we launch into today's episode. Today's topic opens a whole can of worms and covers many aspects of dealing with difficult clients, as they are humans and as we know, they come in all shapes and forms. To help those facing this challenge, I'm going to break it into a few categories. Let's get started with the most common, late payers. Late payments are all part of being in business. There are many ways to manage this in our business, which can depend on whether it's an ongoing client or those one-off jobs. If it's an ongoing client, you hold all the power. The simple answer is to not continue their work until they've made any outstanding payments. You could be faced with someone that continuously promises to pay, and this can make it difficult to stop their work, especially if you need their business. Sometimes you just need to have a conversation with the client, sitting down and explaining your cash flow situation, your concerns for their business stability, or the relationship that's being bruised by the late payments can give them the kick that they need. This needs to be done in a way that works. For a super busy client, you can talk to them over the phone if they don't have time to meet in person, but meeting in person always has the most power. Sometimes preying on their business ego is a little way of assisting in resolving the situation. And when I say prey on their ego, I mean asking them if they're financially okay and asking if there's a reason why you're being paid late. With some clients being questioned about their cash flow can hit the mark as they might also want to sustain a strong reputation. Much of this depends on the personality of who you're dealing with and it can give us a few options. Like when's the best time to approach the topic, what mood are they in or even what day of the week to bring it up. More often than not, it's about the timing of your work, when they need you more than ever or when something is urgently needed from you. If it's not ongoing work, you need to be the squeaky wheel. You have to make the noise or you'll get lost in the pile. Calling them or emailing them and consistently being in their face, this can lead to them wanting to get you off their back by making the payment. The next area we can face is non-payers. This happens from time to time and again can be with ongoing arrangements as well as single engagements. If it's an ongoing client, unfortunately you need to be firm, and I mean really firm. If you need the business, remember that you didn't start your business to work for free and not being paid really means that you are. If you're worried about losing a client for future work, if they are not paying, you haven't lost anything. For both late payers and non-payers, you need to consider having a plan B in place 
debt collection. This is normally worth having for amounts above $1,000 as by the time you pay the collection fees, anything under this amount can be questionable, but still worth considering. So I recommend that you speak to a local debt collector to assess your options. Another area we face as small business owners is clients with high expectations. In business, we can come across clients that think that we're at their beck and call. And this is not necessarily a difficult client. Sometimes we just need to set the right tone from our side. This can range from tasks you perform for the client to when you work for the client, both of which are in your control, but it can get really tricky. To use an example for this, you might have been engaged to run their social media from top to bottom, and then they want a new website. If something like this comes to the table, it needs to be quoted separately, as it could be classified as an additional service. I like to remind myself of the builders in this situation. If a tradesperson were engaged to renovate a bathroom and the client asked for a new kitchen sink, this is not included in the bathroom works, so it can be quoted as another job. It's all about setting the expectations with your client. If they ask for more and you just do it, well, you are confirming their expectation and delivering on that mindset. So if you have enabled this situation, you really only have yourself to look at for the result. But that's not the end of the game. You can change it later. For their next expectation, you can use the website build as a bonus example. But for continued requests, it's never too late to turn around the expectation and get a better result. The next topic is hours of work and especially working after hours. Some clients never stop working. Depending on their industry, nine to five is not the norm and you could hear from them outside of these hours and even on weekends. Again, this is in your control. If you don't have it as part of your agreement, don't engage, don't reply, because the minute you do, this sends the it's okay signal to them and it will only increase from there. If it's a one-off situation that you know might occur, for example, they have a weekend project that you knew about and something seems urgent for your attention, you can then hit that flexibility button to meet their needs. But if they then have another expectation out of hours another time and there's no special project in action, you know they're just trying to push their luck. Also, don't forget, and this is an important one, if your client lives and breathes their business, they most likely don't expect your response there and then. It can wait and be replied to the next time you're back on deck. Just because they don't say when you're next online doesn't mean they don't mean this. Next, we're going to talk about how to avoid these problems from the start. When starting with a new client, always set the benchmark. Just like setting your price, you need to set your time and work expectations. Having a written contract or agreement can also solidify this arrangement and ensure that everyone's on the same page. Working with flexibility is important and this is always going to give you a high regard from the client and potentially new referrals. But remember that you're in business and it's not all about them. Most of us started our business with at least a small portion of thinking that we could set our own working hours around our personal lives 
and this is what we need to keep front of mind. If you do suspect that a new client is of concern for late paying or non-paying, you can ask for funds up front. This is not uncommon in new relationships and not considered a bad approach. If the client isn't open to this, they either don't trust that you will do the work or they actually have cash flow issues that you might not be aware of. It's also common to ask for partial payment prior to commencing. Again, think of the tradies. They always have a deposit before commencing as they need to cover the costs of the materials. You could consider part of this in your approach to your new clients and think of your time like the materials. So how do we say no without damaging our reputation? If you've had an experience with a difficult client and they would like you to do more for them and perhaps an ongoing work arrangement, it can be really hard to say no. Many of us fear a damaged reputation or the bad word spreading from them if we simply say no. There are options to avoid this and as always, it will depend on the circumstances. One of the easiest to use is say, yes, I'd love to help, but I'm actually currently fully booked. Another one is, yes, but I would have to put it into my schedule and that could be many weeks ahead. By saying yes gives the client that positive answer and also that high demand sense of your services is a positive. Although it doesn't help them, by not using the word no, it avoids the negative outcome. We would actually love to say, no way, you took forever to pay me last time. But this is more likely to give the client reason to damage your reputation. This can all come with traps. If your client knows another client of yours, that can make things super tricky for you and this needs to be considered when telling the client you don't want to work for them. So what are some of the red flags? This is tough and often we don't have insight into clients before we start working with them. As a small business owner, stepping through a vetting process sounds amazing in theory, but in reality, the fact is that you want references from your client Sorry, if you want references from your client, you're most likely not going to be engaged by them. Having said that, if a client has been presented with a reference check form and they kick up a stink, you know those forms that you would get from a supply company that ask for a couple of references? If they kick up a stink about it, maybe that's a sign of something you don't know. Some businesses adopt this principle for service-based, just like the supply companies. For service-based businesses, this could be a couple of contact numbers of other contractors that they've engaged with in the past or currently engaged with and is not a bad option to be considered. Sadly, most of the time, we find out when it's too late. We might already be owed money before we find out that they're a bad payer or they have an over-demanding expectation. Whichever process you adapt for your business, make firm decisions. Don't feel bad for implementing them to protect yourself. At the end of the day, you are in business to make money and remember that your time is valuable. I just want to go back for a moment and further discuss non-payers. We operate a small business and getting paid is critical. And remember, especially for ongoing arrangements, if you're not getting paid, then why are they your client? Letting go a non-paying client gives you more time for paying clients. 
We all want to build our business. It's our passion and our purpose in life. But working for free, I'm 100% convinced, was not part of your original business plan. So I hope this episode has helped you in your small business. And if you're not sure how to approach a situation, head over to our community, Micro and Small Business Support Group on Facebook. Ask for some advice. We have a ton of helpful business owners, including me, ready to assist you with your business challenges. For those wanting more exposure, head over to biznation.com.au and register your business to the directory for other businesses business owners to find you and also see who else is there that you could potentially use in your small business. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating or review. I'd be so grateful. To not miss future episodes, please ensure that you subscribe. I wish everyone an awesome day ahead and remember you're not alone in business. Thanks for tuning in to the BizNation podcast, your home for small business help. If you're looking for support in business, join us on Facebook, Micro and Small Business Support Group. You can find the link on our website, biznation.com.au. Tune in to future episodes for more discussions, interviews and many hints and tips to get you all set in your business. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.